everyone, and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me this time is my dear friend, Lieutenant Commander David. No Eric today. After all those times that I get, you know, lost out in that shuttle pod, <clears throat> I pushed him in one. Very good. Very good. Yeah, Lieutenant Commander Eric is stuck in a pod floating somewhere between the USS Show Me and Lone Star Station. Yeah, we'll get him eventually. But, you know, it is what it is, I suppose. We just, we don't have the resources here at the station to, you know, buzz out there and just, you know, nab him. Well, you know, it, it, it's fine. He'll make his way back. His, his hair and fingernails will only grow so much. Plenty of oxygen. Mashed potatoes. It's all good. I would just love to like have Eric come back and him like have like really long like hippie hair from like that little sojourn in his little shuttle pod. Well, I mean, if it's a year, Eric, uh, Chase, you know, Eric, it might just be his longest year ever. That's true. Maybe he's in Wonderland, going through some Wonderlands. You never know. So. Yeah, for for a book we don't remember very much, we sure do reference it a lot. We sure do give it a lot of crap, don't we? <laughs> it deserves a lot of crap. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. Well, how you been, man? How's your week been? Um, eh, I mean, re- relatively busy week. Uh, sort of like month month wrap up stuff for last month at work, and um, you know, Kenobi series has been going on and. So been kind of wrapped up in uh, in that a little bit, but yeah, yeah, just trucking along, <laughs> busy. Yeah, not a ton of great stories, so you better have a good story here. Okay, all right. Well, you uh, you were you were talking about um, Star Wars and, and like the Obi Wan series. You are going to have a ton of content coming your way to be covering on your podcast. Like, I mean, it hasn't even well, I guess at the time of y'all listening but not the time of the recording like there's been three episodes out in less than a week basically which is wild yeah a lot of episodes and a lot of stuff coming out of celebration so there yeah there's there's a lot there's going to be you know a lot of new series a lot of uh you know some new comics potentially Mm -hmm. um I, i didn't get to fully watch the publishing panel for uh, sort of the books, but I mean, the higher public still, it's still a thing. <laughs> Somehow, it is still indeed a thing. Um, uh-huh. Everybody's still really <laughs> excited about it. Uh, well, the writers, but of course, um, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot there's a lot going going on in a galaxy far far away. I can't talk, barely can talk. Um, but boy, I'll t- I'll tell you what. You know me. I'm not much of a social media person, mm-hmm. <laughs> not, not really. Um, so I don't. I don't really tune in too much on on a lot of that. But uh, I don't know what you've thought about the Kenobi series so far. But there are quite a few people that are doing the standard ripping of it already. Of course, yeah. Which is kind of crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, there are a couple things that I, I'm not like. They're nitpicky things that I'm not crazy about. Um, no spoilers or anything, but like we, we on this podcast have talked about like a lot about like cinematography and stuff. Mm -hmm. 
and despite like discovery kind of being a little bit of a mess at times a lot of the episodes are shot really nice like the, the visuals are great and everything aside from a couple of couple of uh, things that we pointed out sure but man are people ripping kenobi for like you know just having I don't know, just like bad production or cheap production, but there was one part, and no spoilers, because I'm not going to say the exact scene, but there was one scene that I remember the camera just constantly shaking, and it's like somebody went out without a gimbal and a, and a and like an iPhone, mm. you know, whatever. I We'll give them credit, like an iPhone 13 or whatever the new <laughs> one is, but just without a gimbal. And it's and they're just it's just bouncing around and bouncing yeah. around. It's like, man, we what are we doing? Yeah, you know, I wasn't so. even thinking about like. I, I mean, I guess I didn't notice it, but like the only like shaky camera work and like visuals that I was like having issues with was with Stranger Things. See, I haven't even jumped into that yet. I, I know, I know, a lot of people have jumped in, but I I, I have not gotten into that yet. Yeah. But you would think. Like with as much as much money as that goes into just productions in general, in yeah. general yeah. you would at least stabilize your cameras for sure. No, I, <laughs> I mean, look, I, I've crossed the streams. You know, like uh, Obi Wan has been a great. I think it's been great so far uh, from what yeah. I've seen. Like the first three episodes so far. Um, I, I've. I mean, I've got my own theories. I know um, not everyone does like theories, but like I have some theories about like about um, the, one of the main antagonists and stuff that we've seen that I think people are giving a lot of um, unnecessary crap over. Um, mm. Which, I, so full disclosure, I was listening to, uh, recently listening to your, um, your podcast where you were um, talking about, uh, I think it was Celebration and the first... <laughs> Two episodes. Oh boy, was I didn't, that? I didn't, was get, that, I didn't get all the way through it with it. By the way, that was that was such a low. I felt really bad about that one because like we were both like super low energy at the beginning of it. Kind of picked up a little bit at the you know towards towards the middle or whatever. But I was tired. He was tired. We were just like, and Star Wars Celebration is happening. <laughs> <laughs> so, and let's go ahead and talk about Kenobi. And we just had to like slowly wake up over the course of like a two hour episode. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I was, I mean, I was enjoying it. And, um, what, you know, you said in your, on your show, uh, here's a little, little cross show promotion, I guess. But you were saying like, I don't, I don't really do much with, with social media. I stay away from it because it can be a dumpster fire all the time, basically. And, uh, one thing I did want to point out, this is the, the Star Trek connection, is that, um, what's her, what's their name? Uh, Moses Ingram, I think. Moses Ingram, yeah. Yeah, the, she's the um, actor that plays um, Reva, otherwise known Reva. as the third sister in, um, in Obi-Wan Kenobi. You have to say that in the fifth brother's voice, though. I, I can't do a fifth brother. I can't. Third sister. Oh, there you go. See? Just, you, you know, just kind of just hoarse and raspy. Hold on. Were you doing ADR for the Kenobi series? <laughs> oh, my Boy. gosh. Did you know that so the actor who plays the fifth brother was um, he was in the Fast and Furious movies? Oh, for real? Yeah, he was he was he was a guy, you know, like in Tokyo Drift. He was like, you know, the hillbilly guys okay. like mentor out there. I wouldn't have recognized him, but then I, I like look up the cast list, like, hmm. oh, it's that guy who's been in like all the fa he he died, but then he came back somehow because huh. family. 
<laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, D- Dominic Toretto just can't lose his buddy out in Tokyo, no. you know? No, not at all. Goodness. So star, here's the Star Trek connection. Um, Moses was getting um, a lot of crap, uh, just a lot of, like, bigoted comments um, all over the place, just a bunch of nonsense. And freaking Obi-Wan himself had to jump in and say something. But one thing that I think is, was really cool, and, and maybe maybe it's minor in the grand scheme of things, but um, uh, it was it was Anson Mount himself. Um, I don't know I don't know if you heard about this or not, um, David, but um, Anson Mount yeah. made a little comment on his um, I think it was his Instagram account, if I'm not mistaken, um, about about the situation that was you know going on. And I just want to like read it for maybe you know like some of the listeners that maybe haven't heard it. Um, anyways, there's this picture on his Instagram account. And it says, "This is Moses Ingram. She's a singular talent and a recent addition to the um, at Star Wars universe. She's also been targeted by racists pretending to be fans because her mere existence threatens a skewed dystopian fantasy that selectively omits the likes of um, at the real Billy D and others. We, the Trek family, have her back." I just love that. Like, it's, I mean, it's simple, but um, I know you and I, like, during the height of COVID, we did, like, little, like, Star Trek, Star Wars, like, crossover mutual episode thing. Um, and we've, like, we've, like, you know, poked fun at each other, you know, like, why one is better than the other, <laughs> Star Trek. But in all seriousness, though, um, I, I like the fact that we can support our other, you know, fandoms, our other, you know, nerd family, basically, um, outright and otherwise. Yeah, I mean the that whole thing is 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 just a bit it's a bit strange. Yeah. Um, the the actress who who played Rose in the in the sequel right. trilogy, mm-hmm. Kelly Marie Tran, she she dealt with a, a lot herself um, going through that. It didn't help that there was so much vitriolic hate for the sequel trilogy. And then you know you you compound that sort of stuff. John Boyega also had some stuff going on in that that sort of arena too. And it is it's it's a bit ridiculous. Um, I would say that one Star Wars fans are probably some of the worst fans for series reactions. They will always overreact. Well, I don't want to say always. I hate generalizing, but. It seems like many of the fans within that fandom really do overreact to every little thing and don't necessarily wait until it all plays out for you to get the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Reva, Reva is... I, I, I have some theories on, you know... Well, there's a lot of theories on who she is, but, like, I have theories on, like, how she is going to end this series. Like, where she's going to be or not be or whatever. I don't know. But, like... I think that there's more to it, and we'll see that play out as we get advanced on. I mean, it's it's a limited series, so we're we're gonna get trucking here pretty quick. I have to assume. I would hope. Yeah, but you know the thing is, is like I I, I guess I don't really understand the expectation of, of some people, and but. then you get the the other extreme where you're just you know spewing a bunch of racist BS. It's like, dude. It's, it's not. There's, there's no redeemable quality in that. It's completely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if you're searching for attention or if you truly are just some racist, you know, a hole. 
but it, it, it's just it's completely out of line. Yeah. You can you can not like a particular character. There are even people that are not really liking the portrayal of Obi-Wan in Obi-Wan. Like they expected him to come through here and just mess up the entire empire and completely just bring about the fall. It's like you do realize that like it's all been written. Like we already know what eventually happens. Yeah. It's the same thing with Vader. It's like, "Oh no, Anakin's never going to turn bad." You know who Darth Vader is, right? Like we've seen this before. So, anyway, we 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 discussed all me and the Darth discussed all this at, at nauseum. Yeah. But um. But yeah, it's been a great series. The stuff with Moses has been ridiculous. I mean, I, I personally think she's she's fitting in really well there. Um. And there's a lot there's a lot to come. But like, oh boy, if I have to hear the word retcon one more time, uh. <laughs> Oh, they're Rick. They're retconning everything. And Rebels isn't a thing anymore. And Dave, where's Dave Filoni? Please hold me, Dave. Put me in a nice warm blankie and give me Grogu. It's like just shut up. <laughs> Sorry, we, me, me and Austin have been like just just going back and and forth with this stuff for you know now the two weeks the show's been out. It's like just just watch it, man. It, you might even like it. Just let it for get sure. to its conclusion. For sure. Sure. But hey, we all nitpick sometimes. No. No, never, dude. Never. Ever. <laughs> ever. Oh, wow. Well, well, while you've been, you know, saving the galaxy far, far away, um, you know, re- uh, I was I was mentioning, I think, the last time or two um, that we've been together that uh, that I got that I was going to go see Top Gun Maverick. And mm. oh, my gosh, dude. So good, so good. Yeah, I, th- I think I think we're gonna go see that this weekend, possibly. So yeah, we I, I saw it with my buddy. We uh, we went and we got some we got some uh, fried chicken strips or whatever from Raising Cane's, and uh, then we uh, moseyed on over to um, to a theater, and um, I was wearing a Maverick T-shirt. He was wearing an Iceman T-shirt, so we were total goobers God. over it. It was it was fantastic, goobers. And um, as soon as we walked out of of that film, we're like, we have to see that again. Oh, that's fun. We we have to see that again. And so we've we've convinced our wives to go with us this time. And uh, in fact, my wife was like, you know, if if you know like it and you want to see it again I'm, I'll go with you <laughs> and before I even got home right um, before I even got home we already had plans like put together like okay we're gonna go back to the same theater we're gonna go at this time and like as soon as it's over with we're gonna go get Cheesecake Factory for dinner like with everyone <laughs> so that's nice. the plan we're gonna see Top Gun Maverick again back to back we're in the set look dude I looked at it. we're in the same theater we'll be in the same set of seats at the same time so you're in the danger zone chase dude dude yeah but it's been pretty positive pretty positive coming coming out of there so yeah that should be fun i'm i'm, I'm looking forward to it i mean yeah. i i don't really overhype movies but i'm looking forward to it oh here's one thing chase hmm. let's hey you, you want to talk burger wars yeah i get yeah so, so when i was when I was down in Texas, you you know you took me to Whataburger. I'd never been to one before, and it was it was really good. I'm still a believer in Five Guys. I st- I think that their fries smash any other 
fast food fries, but that's just me. I tried Shake Shack because we now have two Shake Shacks around here. And you know what? It's not as good as Five Guys, and it's not as good as Whataburger either. So suck it. <laughs> now, I, now I just have to make it to an In-N-Out so that I can say that it's the worst one of all or Absolutely. whatever. Sorry, Californians. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, if you enjoy eating packing peanuts for French fries, then yeah, by all means, get after it. I just, I just thought that was because you guys were so serious about this Whataburger experience we when I came down. So. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's been that. We've been um, so b- besides Top Gun, um, uh, going and seeing that um, again. Uh, we're also going to go uh, check out um, a Rangers game also this weekend. So we'll be checking out the Rangers and the Mariners. That'll be fun. Ooh, um, nice. My very first baseball game. I don't. I can't remember if I told you this story or not, or if I told the listeners the story. But my my very first baseball game was in the 1990s. Oh, that sounds weird to say. In the 90s. There we go. Um, and it was at the old uh, Rangers ballpark. And it was like a killer team. Like a killer lineup for both teams. Like we're talking like Ken Griffey Jr. Who was still playing for the Mariners. So like total slugger. The kid himself was there. Um, and then like some of my favorite ball players on the Rangers were on the roster. Among which was Pudge Rodriguez. Who uh, was catcher for, uh, for the Rangers at the time. And I just remember being there, and I was like, I remember I was behind home plate, um, up a little ways. It was me and my best friend and his mom were there. And I just remember, like, just being so enthralled by this game. Like, I got to the point where, like, I didn't care who won. I mean, like, I, of course I want, like, the Rangers to win, but it was just such a good game. So every, pretty much ever since, I try and make it, like, an annual thing as, as much as possible to at least go to a Rangers Mariners game. So I, I used to I used to love the, the Mar- Mariners back in the nineties, but it was mainly because of Ken Griffey Jr. He was my favorite ball player. Yeah. I, I got to see him um play when he was with the Reds. Okay. Uh so yeah. I think my first my first baseball game would have been either ninety five, ninety six. Yeah. Uh Cleveland and versus the Yankees, they lost five four. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Man, that's why I hate the Yankees now. Because yeah. one time in like either '95 or '96, they beat well the guard. They're now the Guardians, which is still sounds so strange to say. Yeah, like I'm just waiting for like a spaceship to come down, like on the diamond <laughs> the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> they named it after like a bridge. Like there's a bridge in Cleveland, like Guardians of. I don't know. It's huh. it's not my favorite. Okay. They could have came up with a better name. Nice. I think. Okay. We got through a lot of yak in here without Yarek. Without Yarek. Without Eric. <laughs> well, we really did. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Yarek. Oh, boy. All That's right. his new space name. Yarek. Lieutenant Commander Yarek. It's like Garrick, but it's Yarek. He's just he a, an intelligence. He is just a simple mathematician, you know. <laughs> oh, whatever. All right. Well, let's let's go ahead and start, you know, and talk Trek. All right, everyone, we are going into spoilerific territory. So this is your red alert as we talk about Star Trek Strange New World Season 1, Episode 5, Spock Amok. 
Dude, can I just say, I love this episode to death. Like, I love it so much. This, 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 this episode made me so amazingly happy. Because it, it has nothing to do with anything else in the series. It's a lesson-based episode. And it was just, it was hilarious. Like, oh, yeah. I, 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 you know, I can't, I can't, I couldn't imagine, you know, enjoying this season, the, this, this iteration of Star Trek anymore. And then this episode pops up and, and I'm already like just giving it all. It was, it was just, it was so good. It was oh, refreshing. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was like a refreshment on top of an already refreshing series. It's like, you know, we've been drinking a really nice, you know, just syrupy fountain Coke with the right amount of carbonation. But then we're like, dude, you know what I got over here? Like freshly squeezed lemonade from some, you know, little kid who's just trying to sell it for a quarter and he's got ice. It's refreshing. We've been out in the hot sun and we've been, you know, we're, we're just, we're just getting more refreshment. Yeah. It's fantastic. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This was, this was certainly a really fun episode for sure. Um, so yeah, this is um, um, episode five of Strange New Worlds, uh, Spock Amok. And um, of course, like just a fun little play on the original uh, series episode of Muck Time. And um, we have some interesting callbacks to that episode as well, like with like the jingly bell things, the gong. Same music, same background music. music. Yeah, it was really so, cool. So Thursday, Thursday's now, basically, I go to my girlfriend's house, we work out, we make dinner, and then we watch Trek. Okay. She hasn't really watched anything Star Trek. Okay. So this is like her first her first Star that's Trek a, is Strange New That's Worlds. a great, but that's great though. I mean, this is a great show to start someone out on, I think. But yeah, so I, I was watching this and I'm like, you know, sometimes I explain stuff, you know, I'm like, so yeah, there's this other episode, Amok Time from the original series. They're playing the same music. They got the jingly bells. They've got the gong. <laughs> They're, you know, they're califying over here, you know, so, it's like, oh, look, they, they actually have like high speed combat as opposed to the slow, slow original series combat. So, so it's like, all right, I'm sorry. We're probably just going to have to watch that episode for you to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I had to explain Vulcan mating cycles. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so once every seven years, the birds and the bees get together. Well, I mean, how is she, I mean, is she liking it so far? Yeah, she she uh, her her favorite episode was the the uh, what was it episode two with the the musical theme to it? Yeah, Children of the Comet. That, yeah, that was her her favorite episode so far. Good, that's yeah. I think it's mine. Maybe. Oh, I think last week it was dethroned. Last week was good. Really good. It was yeah, really it was good. good last week. Yeah, it was real good. Oh Lord have mercy. Okay, so yeah, like we have we have like this weird trippy, like visiony nightmare thing um going on. Like we like it just starts off in this little we find out it's a nightmare, right? That Spock is having. Uh where he's like really seeing this personification, like the separation of himself while he's about to get married, I guess, to, to Pring um, in this Vulcan, you know, marriage ceremony, basically. And she's ultimately rejecting him um, in this. And then he wakes up 
after, you know, about to get sliced in half by, you know, his Vulcan self, basically. Um, and then cue like a little log that Spot gives. So see, Eric, we didn't forget the log. There's a log that Spot gives, and we love it. Exactly. That's so good. So, um, but yeah, like we, we hear a little bit of a log, and um, we know that Spock is preparing, uh, among other things, for um, his fiance, for T'Pring to um, come to him. Like they haven't seen each other since the um, series premiere. Uh, episode Strange New Worlds and uh, they're they're just they're supposed to be spending some quality time with each other but um, underneath all this stuff there's this diplomatic mission that's supposed to be taking place right uh, with um, what how's it pronounced the Rongovians uh, I think that that sounds that sounds right Rongovian Ron, the Rongovian protectorate I believe is, is what it is um, which they look like these, like, zebra. Like, it's like the zebra pattern thing. Yeah. And actually a pretty interesting race as we sort of go along go along and kind of figure out what they're all about towards the the end of the episode. Yeah, which we will definitely will definitely touch on that some more. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, we're, we're really seeing, like, some things start to unfold for the most part. By the way, I looked at the timer, dude, because I know we seem to bring this up a lot, but... 14 minutes. I know. 14 minutes before we get opening credits, dude. <laughs> Yo, we were sitting there. It's like, you know, if this were on network television, we would have had to have had a commercial by now <laughs> before maybe they two. even got to. <laughs> yeah, it, it, well, I, I think they've been keeping that under control for the most part. First, you know, few episodes here. But yeah, they they really did blow it wide open. I'm not, I'm not quite sure... I'm not quite sure why that that happened here. Like, I feel like there were parts where we could have maybe got that in. You know where I think we should have, like, just cut and gone to opening credits? When Spock got sliced in his dream. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that would have been, like, you know, four or five minutes in, but still. I mean, that thing... But Chase, we had to... We had to see Spock rearranging his quarters and his funky little glasses, and then to bring rearranging them. And these look awful human. I, uh, uh, I, I've, uh, I, I haven't redecorated yet. Okay, well, like for now, it's okay. <laughs> it's like we all know you've got the bachelor pad. You know, you, you've got the the, right. the the couch that you've had since college, and the yeah. the multicolored plates from different sets you got at the dollar store. Right. It's like it's fine. You're upgrading. You're upgrading, You'll right? Get there. You're doing great. You got bud. the funky glasses. At least got something that I can move around. Yeah. Yeah. So. I was looking at those glasses, like, you know, like he, it was like back and then he like, he pushes them forward, um, in his quarters. And I'm like looking at these glasses. I'm like, how does anyone drink out of those glasses, man? Like <laughs> those are some funky glasses, man. <laughs> they, yeah, they seem a little, uh, well, if they're not sharp, they're definitely getting stuff everywhere. You got to find the lowest point to drink. Out of. <laughs> right. Right. Like, I mean, like the, the, the glasses look like, they used to be like, um, um, oh my gosh, really, Chase? Like you're freaking what it's called? Like it looked like a like a broken ladle, basically. Like it used to be mm. like a ladle, 
that you would have gotten like at I don't know Mikasa or something like some like fine crystal store um, and it was just like repurposed like oh yeah let's just like shave this off and like yeah here we go like it, it was just I don't know it was, it was weird and then of course like later on in the episode Tapring is there and she like pushes it back like okay yeah. cool whatever but yeah we're, we're seeing everything unfold you know like Tapring's supposed to be coming on board we have the, the Rongovians that they're talking to Admiral April about some stuff and you know they want to talk to Pike for whatever reason about some stuff and then we also have some shore leave which it, is going to be another interesting thing here too Tapring actually has like a job yeah I mean yeah. the whole thing was I mean Tapring was in you know uh, in one episode right yeah we didn't really know what she did no. aside from just like get another dude but but you know she she's uh she's effectively a well, like what would be the proper word like a rehabilitator yeah yeah like a rehabilitation specialist type of thing yeah yeah so she actually has a position and it's perhaps kind of a little dangerous in a way as we find out yeah yeah so she's uh she she's got a little shenanigans in her she might not like shenanigans mm-hmm. She's got a little shenanigans. Well, going on. she might not like hijinks or shenanigans, hijinks. but that's that's the word. It's but hijinks. Spock, but Spock definitely doesn't like hijinks. Ah, uh, well, there's hijinks abound. I swear. It's it, th- th- there's more hijinks in this than a '90s hijinks-related comedy movie. I like, swear, like I don't drink, but like that had to have been like someone's drinking game with this episode for crying out loud. So what happened is the writer was just out there in, let's just say LA because that's where writers are. Right. Yeah. And he's probably at like a Starbucks or something like that. And overwalks (laughs) Lindsay Lohan. It's like, Oh yeah. Body switching. Let's do it. Print it. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Okay. So after a while, we we have like we said we have the the credits roll and the I think the the main I think the main storyline throughout this entire episode is of course with Spock and T'Pring. Um, so part of what's happening is we have this frustration of like Spock thinking he needs to be a certain way, as we saw like from his unconsciousness, you know, from his dream and everything like that, his subconscious. Sorry. And to Pring, who's getting kind of frustrated that she ain't getting to spend any time with her man. You know, like they're supposed to be, you know, having supper together, maybe do some line dancing together, playing bingo together, doing whatever. Kissing each other on their mouths. That's right. Smooching, <laughs> PDAing in private, you know, that sort of thing. Just, uh, just slow, slow pan away shot kisses. Yes. Yes. I'm just glad that it wasn't like the Tom Cruise, Kelly McGillis, Top Gun kissing. Have you ever seen that? Like, it is like very awkward. Like the mouth is like, like it's like way agape. Right. And like Kelly's is also, and it's just like so awkward. Cause you can see like the silhouettes, like so perfect. Go watch the, the original Top Gun. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It disturbed my wife. (laughs) (laughs) But she liked that beach volleyball, didn't she? Oh yeah. Playing with the boys, baby. Playing with the boys. (laughs) Playing with the boys. Um, oh boy. 
No, I, I, I do think I think it's interesting because like when we've explored Spock's humanity, right? And we've even to an extent explored Spock's childhood. And the fact is, is that no matter what timeline or whatever you're looking at, Spock has always sort of felt a little bit maybe disconnected because he is half human. And we've seen some instances of like, you know, the bullying. And I I think, uh, what was it, Chapel in this at some point? It's like, ooh, teenage Spock, you know what I mean? So I think that it's fascinating to me that we are exploring his fear. And he even speaks that he says that he was afraid. You know what I mean? Which is another interesting thing too, because like, you know, Vulcans at this time are still pretty rigid, right? You know I mean? It it is what it is. Vulcan, no, no matter if you talk about like some of the differences with like enterprise and, you know, kind of re plotting their trajectory, they're still rigidly logical. So with that kind of, interchange between Spock into Pring towards the end it's kind of interesting that she's so level headed about that but yet unfortunately what we know winds up happening is that she goes with somebody else it's almost like they're setting them up to be too good together Mm. in a way Mm -hmm. it's like no I kind of like them together now they're fun yeah yeah, and we're going to see all that fall apart in about 10, 11, 12 years' time. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Do you think, though, let's just speculate here. So Eric's off on his pod probably contemplating a lot right now. Maybe maybe by now he's reached the bourbon mm. that I left in, in the secret compartment. He's doing like some kind of like damp sign curve, something or other. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He might. He might be doing some mathematics. Uh, did he bring his abacus? Um, but <laughs> he is the abacus. He, I am the abacus. That's what his new name is, Lieutenant Commander Abacus. <laughs> so, I, I think in this episode, some of the looseness we've talked about with the series, mainly with like Ortegas, especially in the last episode, were you were you at all bothered by any of that looseness here? Because, like, we have we have Leon coming in here, like, when we're bringing in the delegates. It's like, I'm going to go back to doing security things. And even Pike at times was, you know, kind of had a little bit more easiness going on at times. I, I'm not bothered by it, but I just wanted to bring it up because I felt like this episode felt very much like shore leave. Like, everybody's on such a relaxed plane. Yeah. I don't know if I was necessarily bothered, but I'm just I don't know, like I'm just getting a little annoyed with how focused we are on La'an. We are very focused on her. She, she's definitely a, a, a major part. Yeah, like I get that she's, you know, related to Khan. I mean, that's been firmly established in this show. Mm-hmm. But like we don't really know much about, you know, Ortegas, our helmsman. We don't know too much about Chapel, you know, and like beyond she does weird soupy stuff and changes faces, you know, like mm. we know a little bit about 
Mbanga um, a little bit, you know, based on like, you know, Una's episode just a few weeks ago. But we've we there, I, 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 we just I feel like we were. I might get in trouble for saying this, but like I feel like we're focusing more on her than we are even Pike at times. Yeah, but I, I think I think the one thing about Pike though is it's just such a strong character slash strong portrayal that it doesn't matter as much to me. I, I, I'll say, you know, I th- we did we definitely got more Christine in this episode we got a little bit of sidekick Ortegas and I don't I don't know I mean I don't really know if we're really going to get an Ortegas episode like I I don't I don't know if we're actually going to get that focus um but yeah Leon does get a lot she does get a lot of uh a lot of push here which I mean I I don't dislike the character but normally by now you would you would start to see hints of her her dark secret. Mm. You know what? Where's the dark secret, Chase? It's Where's the dark secret? Where's the dark crystal? It's Amazon Prime, probably. <laughs> no, that was Netflix. Get out of here. Okay. Shut the front door. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I... Anyway, yeah, like, I mean, I wasn't as bothered by it. I mean, she wasn't as annoying, I think. Oh, hold on, let me back up. Not, no, 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 no. With, with Ortegas, like, she was still good, but, like, there were still some, like, annoying qualities about her to an extent, but very minor compared to, like, some of the other episodes. But I just, I just, David... I just like look. I we have we have Odo, who is the grumpy cat. That's fine. We have Worf, grumpy cat. Um, we have Malcolm, kind of a grumpy cat, right? Um, who am I forgetting? Um, those are our main Star Trek grumpy cats. But like, I swear, Laan is like the freaking grumpy cat with rabies. Like, stop it! Just. Like, I know we're only five episodes in of a ten-episode um, season, but just, can we, like, I don't know, do something to where you're just not always, like, super grumpy, super stoic all the time? I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I'll, maybe I should leave that alone. I don't know. I, I felt like, uh, well, I know we were kind of following one one train of thought, and this goes into... Uh, Bingo? Enterprise Bingo. Which, but, where was the bingo card? It was just a checklist. Yeah. It should just be the Enterprise scavenger hunt. Look, when when the writer of this episode was sitting at his Starbucks in L.A., he, or she, or they, I don't really know who they were, but <laughs> maybe they don't know what bingo is. Maybe they just, maybe somebody walking past, probably Lindsay Lohan, said, Bingo, why who knows? LA's crazy. <laughs> what is Bingo? Is it a checklist? Let's make a checklist. And Bingo was his name. Oh, I don't know what's going on. That's true. But it was, I don't know. I, I think it was, it was kind of, it was kind of fun. What was the, what was the quote when, uh, when uh, Mbenga, Ortegas, and Chapel were going, 
going off on the transporter. Uh, what what was uh, what was Una's nickname? Um, where, where fun where goes, fun to, goes die to die. Or, yeah. So <laughs> they're they're kind of both in the in the same mold, but you know, getting to do this this sort of checklist, and it's the same lesson that basically Spock and Topring are learning throughout this as well. You know, sort of seeing what the crew sees. Um, but I thought the good cop, bad cop thing was funny. That was kind you know, of funny. They're going to the door. Bad cop! Ah, oh, dang it. You're going to fry for this. <laughs> You're doing so good. Would you like a cup of hot cocoa? Just tell me what's going on. I'm your friend. I will murder your entire family. <laughs> I just I, I thought that with that whole thing with our with our fifteen year old ensigns. What is with all these child ensigns? Right, right. Did we by get? The way, by the way, we have a bullion. Yeah, we have a bullion. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Which not not a barber wasn't Mott the barber no, bullion? Not it was not. Oh, no, it wasn't. No, dang it. No, but I mean. It checks out. Blue. It checks out with the timeline, though, because the earliest mention of Bolians being um, in or connected to like some of like the the member races has been as early as twenty one fifty one, where they first met the Ferengi, and I believe that was first cited in um, uh, was it Star Trek Void? No, either Voyager or Discovery. I can't remember which one it was. But anyway, point is, it checks out. But no, I, I I think I think that they were attempting to break through kind of the the Grumpy the guy. ice man, you know, to to borrow to borrow a phrase, or ice woman, uh, you know, sort ice of person. deal here, ice person, yeah, you know, the 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 frosty the snowman effect here. Mm. But I, I mean, I, I thought it was you know it was, it was lighthearted, it was fun, it's shore leave, you know, we're gonna go sign the scorch mark. Without EV suits, so we're just gonna we're just gonna wreck the force field. It's fine. So, I said last time, you know, like I was I was mentioning, like, yeah, they're they're like gonna hobble back to like the nearest like spaceport or dock or whatever and get the thing fixed. Mm-hmm. And uh, what do you know? It's it's all sorts of fixed, right? Uh, yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all fixed. It's good. It's all we're fixed. fine. Including the lucky plate that has everyone's signatures on it. That's right. It's the oldest plate. That's not a weakness or anything. Nope. <laughs> Polaroid. Mm. <laughs> Polaroid. <laughs> Polaroid cameras. Polarize the whole plating. That's like the only <laughs> thing that that one little plate needs. It's just that's the only one that needs to be polarized. Polaroid. Polaroid. See, I can't even say it anywhere. <laughs> I can't say it either. Polarize that one piece of hull plating. We have shields. Just do it for God. Just do it. Do the thing. Uh, oh, by the way, they also use the medical transporter again. So like, um, where's the daughter? That Mbanga's gonna come back. Uh, he's gonna have some problems. Mm-hmm. What happened to my daughter? Oh, we were we were trying to change gum back to mint gum. That is kind of using- funny though. Using the trans, like, how does that even work? Rearranging the particles of the gum flavor from your body to move it back into the gum—that seems pretty complex. That seems like Delta worthy. 
in Let's a really it. stupid way. <laughs> you want to go ahead and do the Delta while we're at it? No, not yet. That's at the end. <laughs> but no, I mean, seriously, that, that, that time, that whole little piece of the, the, the storyline, I mean, it, it was, it was cute. It was, it was kind of fun. Oh, yeah. it, it's, it's kind of slap happy. It's kind of, um, it's, it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's dancing around playing lutes and getting a little drunk. Yeah, it's it's totally cool. I, I thought it was fun. I like the uh, there, there's a point where they're doing Enterprise Bingo, and um, it was like of, of like all the times that they were doing Enterprise Bingo, this was the one that I literally laughed out loud at, the loudest. And it was when they're in the hallway and they have like their little phasers and their phaser holsters and they're just kind of like moseying like they're in like the wild yeah. west or whatever and like before anything even happened i was just laughing my butt off so hard and what was like, the point of that though like is this like police academy where we're shooting each other with the tasers or something it's like you shoot me and then i'll shoot you uh i don't want to be shot i no i don't i don't want that after i've seen you get shot it really hurts Hurts. <laughs> that stung. <laughs> Remember, lowest setting, lowest. Ow! Ow! That like really a, hurt. It's like just disintegrate. Oh, uh, I oh oh, I turned it. I turned it on the highest setting. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That would have been dark. Oh man. Okay. So well, anyway, back to the main story. Yeah, I, <laughs> or think do you, we, I think we've covered that pretty well. Or do you want to? Or do you want to talk about Christine's sweet moves? Let's go back to the main story. We'll eventually get to Christine, I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, to bring in Spock, they're just like they're they're two ships passing in the night. They're just not picking up what each other's laying down, so to speak with anything there's like a lack of understanding so Spock does talk to Christine at one point like what do I do well it's a sacrifice you need to make time for each other okay cool let's go switch bodies let's let's go switch Katras and, and experience let's share our souls and you know we'll touch our fingers and yeah. everything It'll be you know great. normally that happens over several weeks and months you know you go see movies you go dancing together you know, you have a good time. You share stories. You don't have some kind of, you know, crazy, like, whatever Katra sharing experience that is. But, so, so anyways, yeah, we, we, we want to understand each other's world, other, each other's perspective. So, of course, Star Trek is going to use Katras to do this. And we go through a ritual. They go through a ritual. And it's supposed to kind of, I think, like, go, like, you're supposed to, like, just kind of briefly just tag your it, okay, tag back type of thing, and, like, that's it. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Like, we are stuck, and, oh, shoot, the the Rongovians, they only want to talk to Spock because things are falling apart with negotiations on this diplomatic thingy. Next week on Spock, the sitcom... Spock into Pring in another wacky accident. It so it seriously was like like sitcom esque kind of like comedic. 
And then they're they're just like touching each other's heads. I want to try one more chant. It's like what? What is this? <laughs> what is this? Yeah. So uh, and, and like just like the fact that we have like Spock is to Pring and to Pring is Spock. Like just getting like like you know Captain Pike. You know like the formality informality like hijinks. That was that was great. Yes. So many hijinks and so many mentions of hijinks in this episode. Goodness. There needs to be like a tally. Like there should be like a tally, like someone keeping track of like how many times actually I can do this. <laughs> I can do it. Only four times? It was only said four times in this episode. Yeah, right. Wait a minute. How did you where did you even find did you just like Google that? I have a transcript of this episode open. Oh, okay. I just did the control F function. Okay. Yeah, it was only said right. four times in the script. No way was it only four times. Okay, whatever. Whatever. Um, so yeah, they are now forced to experience each other's world and experience and perspectives and all the things that go along with being the other person. And of course, like there's a greater amount of understanding that takes place with Tepring as Spock um, having to see how he functions and balances like his duty and like his role aboard the ship and like doing these negotiations and like responsibility, et cetera, et cetera, for Starfleet. Same thing with Spock and like, you know, being Tepring and like seeing what she does as this rehabilitation person. Right, and it's not as it's it's a lot harder. And we see Spock as to Pring completely deck this dude that's just being a total turd uh, <laughs> to to Pring about rehabilitation versus not rehabilitation. I mean, what, what do you think? I mean, I know you kind of like alluded to it earlier, but like, what did you think about like how this was portrayed and um, by by the actors like having to do this? this sort of thing on this episode well I, I think um, I think the actual acting as you're acting as another person I thought was pretty good who, who is uh, what, what's the name of the actor that plays Spock plays Spock yeah Ethan Peck Ethan Peck yeah so I thought he did a really like a really good job of capturing something else aside from his portrayal of Spock so he's Spock but also like his eyes seem to twinkle a little bit more there's something different there and uh no I mean I, I thought that the actual portrayals were great I think that the content of it is is interesting it, it, it's it's kind of an interesting thing the way they went with the with the feelings of stuff you know, because they're they're both displaying a, I would say quite a bit of emotion, like visible emotion. So it's not necessarily what I would call the standard Vulcan portrayal. Um, now, whether that's good or bad, I I don't think it's bad. I just think it's different. You know what I mean? And I think it was meant more to display a lesson. But I will say that even Spock as Spock. Or Spock into Pring, he was a lot more emotional in this episode than I think we've seen him, at least in what we're potentially calling like prime or 
canon timeline or whatever the heck we want to say. Because I think one of the points was is that really finding a lot of his humanity came with his time with Kirk. So... Sure. I don't know. I, I, think, I think we're breaking... Eh, just bending a little bit of that. But I, I like it. I, I, I do like it. It's just different. Mm-hmm. I know that in show, like, it's not even supposed to be acknowledged, but, like, whether we like it or not, um, I mean, part of... I think part of the influence also comes with, with the fact that Spock has an adopted human sister, right? So, like, that's going to yeah. be a contributing factor to some of that as well, even though she was primarily raised in the Vulcan tradition, going to, you know, the academy and everything, and choosing logic and, you know, everything that we saw, like, in season one and two primarily of Discovery. But, yes, you're, you are absolutely yeah. correct that, like, a lot of, like, the Spock that we see with him truly... Uh, being more willing to come to terms with his humanity we see as a result of the relationship with Kirk. Now, how much of that was set up with you know, his work with Pike in terms of him being receptive to that I don't know. I have a hunch that I mean, we're, we're watering the ground right now. Well, but also, I think, I think it's also fair to say that we are reseeding the Pike character in general. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, like before, I mean, you, you take Kelvin out, like, wh- what else have we really had, like, specifically? Specifically Pike. Specifically I mean, Pike. Just the original pilot and the, and, uh, the cage. Or, or, yeah. Or, yeah, the cage and the menagerie. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I, I think when you're, when you're trying to build a really good captain character here with Pike, you're going to have the rub. You're just going to have the rub, and I don't know. I don't think it. I don't think it really breaks anything. I do think that there are some bends going on here, though, and that mm, I don't know. I don't know if that upsets people. I think the the episode ratings have been a lot higher than let's say Discovery or even Picard at times. Oh yeah. Um, so it must not be impacting people too much. Although I I haven't looked at it, and I will before we get to the very end. But I am interested to see what people thought of this episode rating wise. So sure. Well, with um, with this, like like we said, there's they are exchanging, they're they're re- they're truly um, experiencing each other's world, and um, I think now is probably as good a time as any to talk about um, the potential, you know, applicants to join, um, you know, the Federation. Mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah, I, I mean, I I think. Um when we first when we first got him in here they sort of barged into the meeting right mm-hmm. and you could almost see it cuz I, I mean i spotted it and i think it was meant to be spotted that their demeanor pretty instantly changed upon you know pike coming in here and saying okay so i'm the negotiator here so you're here we're here to talk so their demeanor changed a lot and um, 
I, I it was even said eventually because we did have Ahura here. The I think the only person we didn't see was Hemmer, right? Correct. Like bridge crew, or like main cast wise. I mean, we might have seen him like in the background, like in um, the bar or whatever. But yeah, like we weren't we didn't see anything prominent with with Hemmer. Okay, cool. So you know. Um, as it, with a horror here, she points it out. It's like, are they like copycats? Which kind of would have been an interesting premise. I mean, like, that would have been kind of terrible to deal with, though. Um, but it winds up being more, they're not copycats. They're just effectively like extreme empaths. Yeah. They're looking for the truth in its almost blatant form which I would assume is why they kind of gravitated more towards Spock anyway because the Vulcans are supposed to you know tell the truth right yeah they're, they're going to be thinking very logically very rationally about their positions in terms of like um, how they articulate it to others um, I mean because like they lie but they just kind of they don't lie. They bend the truth, as I think Spock would say in a future point. One might say from a certain point of view. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, we, we're we getting briefed at one point. So just kind of backtracking a little bit. We, we're, we're getting briefed by um, um, Admiral uh, Robert April at one point about, you know, these folks. And we see them just being outright rude to um, Tellarites, which we know that the Tellarites are like that um, in yep. terms of like how they speak, how they interact with people. That's just who they are. Um, but they're also a founding member of the Federation. So there you go. Um, and, but yeah, it, it seems to change with everyone that they're around. Um, so after things, you know, they, they, things initially start with, with Pike, things kind of fall apart, um, even though they seem to be going well. Um, and they're like, well, that Spock character was there. We feel comfortable with him. Let's let's do that. Let's see what happens. Speaking very, you know, whatever. Um, but at the same time, like, T'Pring has to kind of take a stab at it and pretend to be Spock and be, you know, the the logical Spock that can do diplomacy and et cetera, et cetera. And she's not used to doing diplomacy. At least I don't think she is. Like, she, I mean, she has her own type of diplomacy you know, with her rehabilitation stuff, but not, not this like welcoming, potentially welcoming someone new into the, into the, you know, team or whatever. Can, can I ask a question here? Yeah. And this is kind of a, a side tangent, but why do you think T'Pring was even interested in Spock? Like to be fair, because she, she clearly doesn't quite get what he's doing. And I think that that was one of the strengths of this is that she was able to learn sort of why he's in Starfleet, how valuable he is within Starfleet. But, like, what was the logical reason in which, you know, that brought... I, I guess, I, I think that they might have been arranged, weren't they? They were. Was that an arranged marriage? It was, yeah. So the two okay. families for to bring in Spock had arranged their marriage <coughs> uh, or their bonding, whatever, with one another a long time ago. Yeah, but she still chose to pop the question, right? Yeah. Did she have to? Because it sort of seemed like the vibe was she didn't have to. Uh, 
I don't know enough about that to, to be able to make an educated, but, um, that's just one of those things. It's like, is it logical to be with somebody if you don't understand them? Uh, I get maybe like the thing was, I mean, we don't one, we don't know how long a Vulcan engagement is. Like, True. I don't, I don't know how much of how long a Vulcan engagement is or like what the, the mores, the traditions, the whatever's are for, you know, the Vulcan wedding thing, bonding thing, like what's supposed to take place. Like you might be, you know, arranged or whatever by like your parents, but maybe there's a certain formality. Like a lot of things are in Vulcan society that once you're engaged, like X, Y, and Z things are supposed to take place before a final conferral of a marriage occurs. Yeah, sure. I, I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. No, I, yeah, I, I just, I think, I just think it's interesting that she, it, it almost feels like she even carries a little bit of that potential prejudice that others might have had for Spock throughout his life, and now she's sort of understanding. Well, and and really, it's just towards Starfleet. It's not towards him necessarily. It's more towards Starfleet, looking at it like a sort of a second class operation to Vulcan science. Cares, so anyway, I, I just sorry side tangent. It's all good. It's all good. Um, eventually, after going through almost every, pretty much everything and like seeing things literally uh, from their perspective, um, we have some random putty and crystals that we strap <laughs> onto faces and <laughs> yeah. do a. a like a what a it's just know, some some hot wire like, we like a hot wire little katra transfer <laughs> i ground up many sea urchins for this and these are the holistic crystals that are sold down at the himalayan sea salt <laughs> store it's like all right mbanga you clearly don't know what fly fishing is but it's cool just smear some paste he does not know what fly fishing is. He's using a normal fishing pole. That's not fly fishing. Did he say he was going fly fishing? He did. He did. He did it. He has his cool hat. I guess. He's got the wrong pole. <laughs> Plot hole, Chase. Plot hole. David, I wish I could have just lived blissfully ignorant at that, but thank you for pointing <laughs> that out to me. <laughs> I did not hear the fly fishing thing. Like I know what fly fishing is supposed to look like. That ain't yeah. fly fishing. Well, I mean, this is 23rd century. Maybe fly fishing's changed. Maybe, But hey, he's got a cool hat. He's got all the lures. He's having fun. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to poop on his parade. But yeah, th- th- this little kind of janky crystal thing, it just, it's, it's interesting in a way. It's the wave of the future. I don't know about that. You know, in, in 100 years... They're just going to be smearing paste all over people's heads. It'll be great. Mm-mm. No, I'm banging. No. No, no I'm banging. <laughs> no, buddy. Just no. <sighs> all right. Well, but yeah, they're able to transfer back. They scream a little bit. They love the, sc- the Vulcan screaming. They do. <laughs> they, they What's up it? with that? I don't I, get it. I don't so, get it. So, okay, so Chase, this this writer that is at the Starbucks in Lindsay L.A. Lohan, is saying, playing bingo. You know what? 
I really just I want to hear Vulcan scream. They're, they're, they're just too controlled. I just I want to hear him scream. And then Lindsay out of the corner of his eye is just like, thumbs up. You did it. You're a screenwriter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want to check something real quick. <laughs> since we're since we're bringing this up. So, you know, doing some some quick on the fly research while we're while we're doing this. Okay. I'm checking something. I'm checking. I'm checking. Okay. This just in. David, Lindsay Lohan and Star Trek? Not a thing. I never said it was a thing. I'm just saying it's a hypothetical scenario of a writer in L.A. at a Starbucks. I know. And I just picked the first person who I thought might be walking by. Fine. You know who walked by? Tom Cruise. He's got short shorts on and aviators, and it's great. Okay? Are you happy now? Are you happy now? Can you handle the truth? You're dangerous. Oh boy. Okay. So, yeah, so after we have like the the crystal goop hot-wired hot Katra transfer, things are great. They're back to normal. But along the way, of course, we've had um we've had Nurse Chapel who's just trying trying to have a good old time, you know, and she trying, she is the Kirk of this crew. He's just trying to play things, you know, literally fast and loose, you know, no commitment. It's fine. Meeting up with, with a guy, talking to Ortegas about it, because apparently they're like... They're buddies. They're buddies, man. Yeah. And, they're best friends. And uh, what was it? Uh, Dever? Was that, was that the guy's name? Yeah. He, he writes poetry. He writes poetry. He's pretty good at it, apparently. Uh, but not only that, but... You know, he wants to like he wants to get like some approval from from Chapel on some stuff, and she's just not willing to dish it out. Want and wanting to, and he's like kind of like wanting to, you know, take things like to the next level, basically. And she's like giving him the cold shoulder, like hardcore. So he's like reaching in his pocket for the key to his apartment. It's like like about to drop to one knee. Will you be my roommate? Will you take over at least one drawer in my uh-huh. in my chest of drawers and possibly leave a toothbrush in my bathroom? <laughs> you, you know that I I actually think that this is something I, I'm wondering if we're going to explore this because she she almost had like a full on like panic attack, mm-hmm. you know. So and, and I also noticed like there's some stuff on her shoulder. Like, I don't know if that's, you know. If that's Jess Bush or if that's Christine Chapel. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm kind of wondering if, like, maybe we're going to get into something related to some of her trauma, maybe, that she had. And, you know, I don't know, like, shifting personality to being this person she is now, you know, trying to be a little fast and loose with stuff, perhaps. But, like, I, I, I. I wondered about that a little bit because it wasn't just like, it wasn't just like, okay, I don't want to do this. It's like, I have to run away. Like it was fight or flight type of thing. And 
And I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I found that to be very poignant, and I don't know if we're going to explore it, but I got to say, I wasn't like a huge, I don't want to say like it, like I wasn't a huge fan of Christine Chapel up to this point. I just nothing did. It was just like, oh, okay, Christine Chapel's here. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I kind of like her a little bit more now in a way. You know, she's kind of very obviously into Spock. And I and I thought like one of the things that was going to happen was like the old this week on Spock on CBS. <laughs> Oh, Spock, I love you. I'm not Spock. I'm T'Pring. Dun, dun, dun. You got a lot of explaining to do, Spock. I mean, I, th- I thought that was going to be like a maybe a thing here, but in the end, like, she's she's like this ultra supportive person towards Spock. But like in my in my mind, there's clearly like like an alter or ulterior kind of thing going on here like some feelings which from the original series that was a thing too it's you know it's like bringing him soup you know just bring him some soup he might throw it he might not i don't know but i think it, it almost seems like like this box a little receptive to it too yeah like there's some give and take there i think well, I think the, I mean, not to deviate too hardcore, but I remember when, like, some of the initial interviews, I think it was, in fact, I think it was um, um, Star Trek Day, back in, back last fall, uh, when they were announcing it, finally, that it was going to be coming in um, April or whatever, April at the time, that um, Spock was going to be a lot closer to his emotions, much like the original Spock in the first pilot was. So, much like we have like the hairstyle, which of Spock in this show, which is a lot, excuse me, a lot more similar to um, what Spock's hair was in the original pilot. So, my, a minor little thing, but I do see that kind of playing out. And if that is the case, like. You know, with being more receptive and him being more, you know, uh, I don't know, aware, connected to whatever his emotions. Not, I mean, they're not devoid of emotions. They just keep them in check, right? right. And like, if they bubble the surface, they bubble the surface. Like, it is what it is. Um, Vulcans do have emotions. They just, they've just learned how to tame them compared to us mere mortals, us mere humans. So. But, yeah, like, overall, I thought this was... This was some good stuff, like with, um, I mean, with with Chapel, like her, you know, her relationship or lack of relationship, and like getting support, supporting others. That was cool. Um, same thing with like how we saw things develop um, across the episode, like with Spock and Pring and being able to appreciate each other and have this really, if I can just say it, like just a really tender moment, like that I thought was very well earned. Um, not just like with them sitting on the edge of the bed, but even them laying there in bed. Um, I thought that was very well earned, and I thought it was just, just it was just really well done, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I mean, we were made, to, we were, we were encouraged to sort of watch this relationship and and actually see it kind of grow more. 
you know, so so oftentimes, and unfortunately, I think this happened a lot with Discovery, where things were just thrown in. Care about it. Care about it. Care about this right now. But, like, we're actually taking the time to explain why we should care about it. And this episode, it's like, I'm kind of like, man, do I, do I like Spock and T'Pring more? Or do I like, like Spock and Chapel more? It, it's kind of hard to tell because they're, they're all cute together <laughs> in their own little way. Yeah. But, but anyway, no, I, I wound up finding a new appreciation for the character of T'Pring, who, again, we saw once. It was, it was not, I don't want to say a throwaway character, but it was a, it was a one-use character. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, one thing that um, I think we need to at least touch on very briefly is like the outcome with the Rongovians and what we were kind of alluding to earlier with this, um, you know, this empathy, this, you know, this matching, this hunch that even um, Pike had at the very end where he's just being brutally honest about you know may, yeah maybe you shouldn't join us and like yeah. he, he lists off a litany of reasons like your enemies I mean our enemies automatically become yours and like sure things might be great in the beginning but you know will they be I mean will we actually be able to come and, and help you like right when you need it probably not type of thing um, and they seem to appreciate that honesty and what was it that that Pike actually said at the end, though, um, about oh shoot, um, the Rongovians are rude to the Tellarites, reasonable with us, and deeply logical when talking to a Vulcan. Um, and then it occurred to me, what if it was a diplomatic technique? They responded positively when I took Spock's side, even though it was in direct violation of what they'd asked. Maybe they're just looking for somebody to take their point of view. Radical empathy. Maybe what they value the most in others is the capacity to see things their way. Mm -hmm. And then we see out the window um, with their ship that they've hung the flag indicating like, yeah, we're, we're part of the family now. They just had that flag ready. They replicated it, baby. Yeah. Uh, they on their gift shop on the way out. <laughs> On their total knockoff Bajoran solar, solar ship. ship. Yep. Yep. <sighs> knockoffs. Ben, ben Cisco made one of those in his spare time with his kid. Yeah, he was like Gibbs. That's right. Just not in a basement. Just not in a basement. How does he get this shit down? How does he get it out? Oh, man. They just pulled no, the set it, walls it, apart. It's fine. <laughs> it, 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 was, it was good. And, and I think that... Um, I mean, it's poignant, though, isn't it? Where I, I think today we find ourselves maybe not walking the mile in somebody's shoes uh, enough, not empathizing enough with uh, with situations, um, and whether they are real, perceived, or completely false, but real to you, uh, a little bit of empathy for that can go a long way. So I think it was I think it was a very good thing to learn it but but again we had all of these storylines converging on one central theme one theme not their own all bunch of different crazy stuff it all boiled down to one thing 
attempting to empathize with others. Very good. Like, it was so good. It was such a good thing. And that is how you can have multiple storylines and make them seem not completely busy. Yep. Centralize it in one larger yeah. idea. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, whether we call it empathy or it's just where we just call it understanding. Like, they just dovetail perfectly with how everything just, just happened. So, yeah. Um, anything else that you wanted to you wanted to say, David, before we get on to Delta and numerical rating stuff? No, I think we've ran through it. Okay. All right, gang. Well, um, as, we, as we move forward, we're going into the evaluation portion, and we'll be starting with the Delta. Um, Delta being um, our evaluation of how well the different divisions of Starfleet service were represented in this particular episode of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. So those divisions being command, looking at leadership, leadership theory, how well leaders in general were functioning, et cetera, et cetera. Um, science, kind of self-explanatory, and operations having to do with um, communications, with engineering, logistics, other operations type stuff with the ship. So um, with that, David, how would um, what's what's the Delta spread look like for you in this episode? So um, from like a science science standpoint, I think you have to give some props to Mbanga and Christine Chapel here with the medical aid to help swap katras, you know what I mean? Because, I mean, you would think Vulcans and they're, they're swapping them and swap them back. They can't. They, need me- they needed medical intervention to make this possible. It's kind of a shot in the dark. They even say, you know, well, it's a, it's a theory. But it worked. And that is, you know, working through it. Whether it's a, a little, maybe a little cheese ball there with your urchin paste and your healing crystals and you know I'm going to put crystals down your back and this one's going to be slightly warmer than the other yeah I don't know what, what happened I'm not trying to put anybody who loves crystals down that's really mean but you know that that sort of stuff is is in its way scientific and it worked so there you go right from like an operational engineering kind of standpoint like a lot of it became a little bit a part of well, it was a part of bingo <laughs> You made gum taste like flavorful again using a transporter. It sounds silly, but the technicality in that I feel like is is pretty I don't know, technical. Sure. <laughs> like how did you do it? Um and then even putting up, you know, the the sort of force field so that you could do this little spacewalk without EV suits and all that stuff. Um, that's, I mean, that's a, that would be a feat too, conceivably, um, to just get that going. So I, I, I'm, I would, I would give it up for that. But like, again, the thing that makes it that full spread, that full spread of deltas, full, full clean sweep is, is getting to this command, man. I, it, you have not gone wrong so far in this series, as long as Christopher Pike is there to do his, his thing, his addition, his little pinch of salt, you know, wherever he needs to be. He's just doing a little salt bang, you know, just all over the nice juicy steak we've been marinating this entire time. That's right. Um, 
naturally kind of and again like this is something that Eric had pointed out a lot with discovery it was like instantaneous I have the solution and so forth but in this Pike had to learn through osmosis here he had to learn that technically he failed he failed in his negotiations Spock through his switcheroo was failing in his negotiations so Pike steps in and kind of tries something not only to pep up, well, to Pring, but, yeah. but also I think he kind of thought that this might have been a gambit that could provide a result. And then finally, he figures out, hey, these folks are just looking for truth, man. They're looking for us to empathize, to, to see things through their eyes. So his, his learning curve here is, is actually really fun to watch because it's not instantaneous. He failed. He tries again. He tries again. He keeps going through that. Um, and I would also say, like, in its goofy little way, number one and Leon here are learning a bit more about how the crew function. Like, how do they unwind? We're not unwind people. We're we're tightly wound. We we're a little high strung. We're workaholics. But you also have to understand how other people kind of deal with things as well. Maybe you have a higher threshold for stress, but maybe turning gum flavorful again, signing a, a pockmarked piece of deck plating, those sort of things is important. So they took the time to run through this list that clearly a lot of people have done you know, as they're coming up through uh, becoming ensigns and, and coming up through the ranks. And now they're doing it as, you know, command level officers. That is also learning. And that is also displaying good leadership qualities. Because while you can't always be their friend, you can empathize with them. Mm. You can learn from them. And that will only make you a stronger leader. Mm-hmm. So. But clean sweep, once again. Man. I feel like we've done it almost every week with the Deltas. Seriously, I, th- I think there was only one week where we kind of didn't have operations, maybe. But we were, like, questioning. It was like, uh, it's kind of there, it's kind of not there. I think that was... Um, it might have been episode one, wasn't it? Because it's like, well, Kyle did kind of figure out how to transport, but, like, yeah. I thought that was... Uh, Ghost of Illyria. That might have been, yeah. Might have been that one. Yeah. Okay. I really don't know, like, what else I could really add to that. Um, I will say that it's this was just a fun episode, and it was it was refreshing to see storylines just come together and us get to see different divisions maybe like yeah like like essentially just different divisions being able to you know tackle this empathy thing this understanding thing in a way but also do the Starfleet thing you know like do the leadership stuff do science stuff like even if it is something as dumb as like being able to give flavor back to chewing gum right I mean 
I was like looking at that at first. I'm like, oh shoot, daughter. No, 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 no. Oh, wait, we're doing bubblegum now? What? <laughs> you risked my daughter's life for bubblegum? Uh, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no. Um, the good cop, bad cop thing, that was, that was fun. Just kind of like screwing around. Like, I know, I realize it's not like a Delta thing, but like, that was just, that was just a fun thing. Um, I'll just give it to him. Cause why not? Yeah, it was, I mean, it's, it's there somewhere. It's, it's there. It's there. So, um, Okay, so let's go into our numerical rating. So on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a dumpster fire, 10 being absolutely amazing, let's rate how we would rate this show. So um, just so um, I normally send this to the guys ahead of time, but um, last week for uh, Memento Mori, we had um, Eric give it a 9.2, David gave it a 9.4, and I gave it a 9.65. Um, I was feeling ultra generous with last week's last week's episode was good, man, real good. So um, I have a number in mind, but David, how would you rate this episode? I think it's difficult um, in a couple of different ways because it was a really excellent episode that you know kind of had a. a primary lesson that coalesced all the storylines while involving people in meaningful ways you're learning more about you know Spock you're learning more about T'Pring who is this one shot character you have Pike coming in here and doing exactly what you expect by now out of Pike you're you know you're incorporating fun like you're incorporating fun. This is basically like Captain's Holiday, you know. This is this is sure. a story outside of the story. Um, you don't have to advance anything. You're just here. You're here in a moment where we are strictly learning a, a lesson while also having some some zany adventures on CBS. You know what I mean? <laughs> and while I'm sure that there are people out there who would call that a bit cheesy, it was it was just so welcomed right now. It was so welcome. Because not everything has to be a constant race to the finish line. Not everything has to attempt to be the biggest story since the last big story. You don't have to constantly just do the toppers. You just have to make good quality content. And we're, we're, doing, we're doing the Star Trek thing. We're, we're meeting new species. We're, we're boldly going. We didn't really go anywhere boldly this week, but we are learning about you know new civilizations and we're bringing them into the fold. And along the way, we're learning more about this cast of characters that we have here and that was the biggest flipping gripe I had about Discovery. I didn't learn anything about those people. How many times? It's it's it should be on a T-shirt by now. Is it Bryce or Reese? Because we don't know. 
but I know all of these characters. And even Ortegas, who hasn't really gotten like a story story yet, I still know her in a, in a sense. You know, I still I still yeah. see her in the stories, and and now we're fleshing out more of Chapel, and maybe we'll get more fle- fleshed out in in like right. what's going on right. with her. Why is she doing what she's doing? Um, and I think it's it's kind of easy to fall back on like char- established characters like Spock, but they brought a meaningful chunk of story to Spock without it being, well, for lack of better words, dumb. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or like unneeded. This was good quality stuff here. Um, so what, what did I give last week? 9-4. 9-4. Um, you know, I think I had such a great time here. I don't want to overdo it though because last week was <laughs> last week was really good mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. it was really it was good. good it was really good this week though was also really good and it, and it hit the feels in all the right way and man but I don't I don't necessarily know if I want to go over last week I don't know if I want to quite go over that. Give in to your feeling. I, I, I'm kind of thinking like a 9.3. Just to keep it a little bit under last week. But it's still so good. Okay. So good. Alright. I don't know what my favorite part of this episode was because there's so much good to it. Um, that being said, I really did enjoy this episode. It didn't get me in the same way that, you know, Memento Mori or Children of the Comet did. Um, those, I mean, those were just, like, I love those episodes so much. Um, so this was still a really, really good episode as far as I'm concerned. Um, we had, um, we had this opportunity to go a mile in the other person's shoes, which I think is a great message to try and communicate, and it's a creative way that Star Trek can communicate that idea to others. And you said just a moment ago in your own uh, rating that you know we didn't like boldly go or anything, but like we did, you know, do like the civilization and you know alien thing. Uh, for the most part, which we did. This was, um, I think, very much a Deep Space Nine-esque type of story in the sense that Deep Space Nine, you know, you're not going places necessarily, but the places are coming to you, right? And not only that, like, you know, you're not necessarily, like, exploring outside or like the cosmos but you're you're doing the journey within you're exploring the internal and i think if if we look at it that way it adds like a little something extra to it and look if there's anyone listening that hasn't watched deep space nine or just you know has kind of like written it off as boring you need to go watch deep space nine that is an amazing show just saying so much, yeah, so much quality, quality content. So there. good, so good. And I'm saying that as someone that, like, 
avoided Deep Space Nine like the plague. And I love Deep Space Nine. I love it so much. Um, oh, okay. What do I want to do? What do I want to do? <laughs> it's do? tough, isn't it? We got to see some fun, some fun stuff with number one in La'an. We got to see Mbanga in a fishing hat. We got to see um, the 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 uh, reimagined green captain's tunic, which I was loving, by the way. I think that's pretty cool. I'm waiting for that to go on sale somewhere. Get that. Gotta get that. Um, David. I think I'm going to have to um, do what David normally does and be um, contrary. So uh, just to kind of, you know, keep him on his toes. So I'm going to go with a 9-2 on this episode. Just for funsies. Yeah, it's fair. So um, between the pair of us, um, the... The rating is nine and a quarter. Now that could change with Eric, whenever um, he comes comes aboard and um, gives his rating. But anyway, speaking of um, the lieutenant commander, um, he has sent in um, some of his thoughts, some of his um, whatnots regarding this episode. So, uh, computer, go ahead and play um, Lieutenant Commander Eric audio message. Hi guys, it's Eric here. Sorry I couldn't be there this week to talk about this episode with David and Chase. Uh, I'm certain that we would have had a great time, you know, recording the the three of us, uh, this funny episode and all the hijinks that ensued with it. But uh, here I am to give you some of my thoughts on this episode of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. First off, I gotta say, this teaser... um, our opening dream sequence with Spock was fantastic. Uh, if you know me, you know I am a big fan of the episode uh, Amok Time. I think it's one of the four or five best episodes of the original series. It's definitely one of my favorites as well. Um, you know, just learning the lore of the Vulcans really for the first time, <clears throat> I think it was just, was just a fantastic idea. You know, when Spock fights fights Kirk, and then he shows his emotion at the end, and he smiles, and he's like, Jim, when he finds out he's alive. Just a, just a great moment all around. Definitely one of the best episodes of the original series. So, we had seen in the, the trailers and the previews leading up to this episode that there was going to be some, you know, imagery that was similar to Amok Time, and then, you know, obviously the episode being... Spock Amok led us to believe that, you know, maybe this is going to be like a Pon Far episode. There's going to be something relating to that. And that makes sense because if you think about the timeline, right, the Vulcans go through the Pon Far every seven years. And I don't know, this takes place, what, Discovery started 10 years before um, the original series, and this is maybe two years after that. So. At some point, Spock's probably going to have to go through the pond far in Strange New Worlds, and, and we were thinking, hey, maybe maybe this is it. And so <clears throat> we get there in the opening scene, he's fighting, but then, ah, oh, it's just a dream, not a pond far. And, you know, honestly, while I liked this scene, I felt like it was a little bait-and-switchy, 
right? They like baited us and switched us because they all of the promotional material led us to believe that that's what this episode was going to be about, but that's not really what it was about. So a little disappointed that that's not what this episode was about, but still a lot of great stuff after that. Um, you know, classic day off episode there there are a lot of good day off episodes in star trek obviously you think back in the original series to shore leave really fantastic episode and then you get captain's holiday um which you know i love from from the next generation again you know two days and two nights another rise episode in enterprise you know Day off, what do you do? Oh, and then, you know, Lower Decks just essentially had a, a day off episode, Wedge Douche, which I said I think is the best episode Lower Decks has ever made. So lots of good, like, day off. Just what do we do on our day off? Let's just hang out. And lots of fun happening here. I think probably my favorite part of this episode was number one and, and La'an playing and a finding out and then playing Enterprise Bingo. Oh, that was just hilarious. Like, somebody like me who who is a serious person, like, I have been known to be very serious at times and to not have a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> Chase knows this. My visual name was, uh, translates to industrious laborer, right? Just meaning, like, I'm all work and no play Eric. I, I've never quite been called, you know, where fun goes to die because I can have some fun too but you know uh, number one definitely very serious character and what we know of La'an so far very serious character so to see them two just go off and do these these hijinks definitely the highlight of this episode for me um, especially when they when they first get the emergency call that somebody is in is in uh, the the airlock and number one's like, don't call your security detail. I'll be your backup. And La'an is like, well, I don't know why people say this about you. You are fun. <laughs> like going on a security check is fun for them. Uh, I, I, I just, I really enjoyed that um, whole part of this episode. Um, you know, the, the, I guess the main plot point with, with Spock and Supreme kind of switching bodies, you know, the Freaky Friday incident. Um, you know, there's a lot to like there. I think, you know, <clears throat> the whole premise of, of the Freaky Friday or the body swap is to understand the other person's perspective. Like, where are they coming from? How do they view the world? And I think, and I think that situation definitely helps uh, helps the two of them understand each other better although you know we know that their relationship is not heading towards a happy ending we know that for a fact so i really enjoyed that um i think you know the overarching theme of this episode is sort of like you know to understand and have empathy for other people and their situations so I think that's a really good theme. I think there's a nice lesson in there. You know, Star Trek is always is always good about putting its lessons in there. And I think I think Strange New Worlds is doing that very well. Sort of like, <clears throat> what lessons can we learn? Getting back to that that old idea um, that maybe some of the newer shows might have gotten away with. Um, I think 
uh, Anson Mount as Captain Pike continues to be just amazing here. His <clears throat> his leadership, his diplomatic skills when he you know sort of takes charge in in the negotiations with this this other species for control of this passageway and how he kind of figures out the whole situation. Um, just man, Anson Mount is crushing it, and I think. You know, that's probably the best thing that's happening for this show right now. <clears throat> so, definitely enjoyed it. Um, fun episode. Just good day off. Let's let's have build some character moments. And, you know, some people might call this episode filler. Some people might call it filler, as if that's the worst insult you could ever hurl at any episode in this day of serialized storytelling. But... Listen, this is not a serialized show, and, you know, I don't think this is filler. I don't think learning about our characters and having these good character moments counts as filler. One of our biggest criticisms of some of the other shows is that we don't get character moments. I, I mean, Discovery is so frustrating that we don't get these character moments. I feel like I know nothing about the bridge crew, and we're four seasons in. You know, Picard this season, like didn't give us a lot of the characters of its of you know the the last arena crew they're not the last arena crew anymore but it didn't give us those those moments for those characters and and the show suffered i think because of it so call it filler if you want i'm not gonna call it that i love getting to meet our characters um and to do so in a funny and humorous way i think i think was was really was really great um <clears throat> i'm not so sure as far as a rating i'm not so sure if like the deltas are appropriate for this episode um since we're not really like doing much i think you could definitely give a command delta if you wanted to to captain pike for um all of his work in this episode but you know, trying to give uh, operations or science or engineering just really isn't the point of this episode. Um, and then a numerical rating. <clears throat> you know, well, I said I like this episode. It's a classic day off episode. I don't think it's as good as um, Shore Leave or Captain's Holiday. I think it's or or wedge dodge from lower decks i think it's probably right on point with like two days and two nights from enterprise um and so because because we're not do we don't have a problem we're not doing sciencey operation stuff i'm not gonna go as high on this episode as as i would on some of the others but i definitely enjoyed it i definitely think it's worth a watch it's definitely not filler and I think I'm going to give it a um, 7.6. So, solid episode. Not as good as, as what we've seen last week, but, but definitely a solid entry. And I think this season continues, you know, now that we're halfway through, I think it, it continues to just really impress. And I'm really looking forward to watching each episode from here on out. So those are my thoughts on this episode here. See everybody next week. Okay, well that's it. So thank you very much, Eric, for uh, for sharing your thoughts um, on this week's episode. Um, 
So there is no Twitter poll this week. Oh, I man. know. I know. Oh, no. I know. I've bro- like the, the machine is broken, apparently. The, the Twitterverse is broken right now. No, I just got way too busy. Um, like After I realized what time it was, I was like, oh, yeah, not going to get good results with that amount of time. Not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, ideally, we'll be back. Uh, with with an actual Twitter poll next time. So fear not for all you um, people that only listen for the Twitter poll. It'll be back. Don't worry. So uh, anyways, David, thank you so much for for joining me, as always, um, week after week. Either you're a good friend, you're a glutton for punishment, or maybe a little bit of both for continuing to do this. So um, anyways, y'all, seriously, like, um, if y'all are into Star Wars content, go check out the Contingency Plan podcast um, on all the things that do podcast things and you won't be disappointed Uh, it's got good stuff over there Um, tc plan podcast um, gmail.com i think and also um, at tc plan podcast on twitter right that's the places there we go all right gang well uh, love to hear what y'all thought about um, episode five spock amok um get you know get in contact with us Um, you can check us out on our website um you know leave us um, a comment there also open up handling frequencies and enter enter in trtvpod at gmail.com you can also send us a voice only transmission to 817-752-4757 there is a three minute limit so please um, be quick about it and finally if you do want to mail us something like some jingly bells that's fine get ahead for like the holiday season with those jingly bells uh, we'd love to get that uh, P.O. Box 2455 Azel Texas 76098 everyone thank you so much for tuning in As always, remember to boldly go and make it so.